Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. I am, of course, the host, Armand Sadler, head honcho, vegan chorizo poppy, founder of BNB, all that good stuff. I know it's been a little minute. I know I haven't been with y'all in, uh, in a little while, but um, I promise you that I'm, I'm, I'm giving y'all something special. I, I got some special gentlemen here with me, um, and I, I definitely want to get into their introductions in our final episode of 2023 before we hit y'all over the head in 2024. I first want to start with my guy, the man who I would trust to read over my contracts, uh, the man who's got all, all the stats in the world, attorney at law, co-host of the Ringers Cheap Heat, a fellow BNB himself, stat guy Greg's in the building. What's up, Greg? How you feeling? Bro? Yo, what's going on, Armand? Thanks for having me. Yo, that intro. gang, we here. No, no, no. It's a war on ball, folks. We'll get to that later. <laughs> I do what I can, man. I do what I can. Next up, uh, a brother who I had the honor of meeting this past summer, SmackDown at MSG. And he's very familiar with MSG being an on-air talent for MSG Networks. Also works for the Bleacher Report. Fellow uh, alpha man, fellow Haitian sensation, the man himself, Jeff J. What's up, brother? How you feeling? I'm chilling, brother. I'm chilling. You know, my, my wallet started tingling when I got the invite and I saw who was going to be on it. You know what I mean? Chase hit me and was like, sir, do you, would you like to increase your credit limit? And I was like, nah, they got it. They got it. Big Tom's got it. Big Tom's got it. So yeah, all jokes aside, though, happy to join everyone and, and ready to get it rocking. Absolutely. And last but most certainly not least... The man who I've been in the 2K trenches with, the man who I spent SummerSlam in Detroit with, the tribal chief himself, formerly at NXT, currently running it over at 2K, the yes, man sir. Cornell Gunter. What's up, brother? How, how you feeling, Cornell? I feel I feel good. I was kind of wondering why I went last, but now that you kind of did all the intro, I kind of feel better about myself. Uh, but nah, man, I, I'm very happy to be amongst some of some very, very legendary folks right here, so thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, this, I call this like the Black Wrestling Avengers, even though we are more than just Black men and wrestling fans. We all have our hands in so many different things. But, um, you know, you three are people who I genuinely enjoy uh, reading your opinions, talking to you about wrestling, the, the way that you view things, and having been wrestling fans for a lot longer than I've been, not to call y'all old or anything, you know, seasoned. This is season. There we go. There we go. <laughs> already. Vince already and you don't got flavor. <laughs> at all. You feel, at all. You feel me? <laughs> but yeah, just with so much going on lately, I just wanted to bring bring us together and talk. And I mean, I think the best place to start is that boy CM Punk is back in the WWE. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Let, me, let me get right. Let me get right. <laughs> He's back. Let me get and right. I, I I know I, I can speak for myself as a, as a CM Punk mark when I was younger, um, having seen him leave the WWE, join AEW, the AEW craziness, the lawsuits, at w, just everything. Like, I, I really didn't think this day would ever come. And that that day came. So for me, literally watching SummerSlam and the way they set it up, I popped crazy. <laughs> like for y'all, what was that moment like? And now that some time has passed, like, how, how do you feel about CM Punk returning to the WWE? Yeah, I'll set it off. And I think if you've been paying attention to wrestling at all, you knew he was coming back, right? Everybody comes back. Brett came back. Warrior came back. Hogan tried to put Vince out of business twice, and he came back. So it was just a matter of time when Punk was going to come back. Um, it seemed like he wouldn't just because he was so stubborn. But once he, once he went to AEW, 
it was like, okay, it's it's a matter of time before he comes back. And then the way he exited AEW, it was like, yo, for sure he's coming back. Everybody looked at the calendar. We all saw the Survivor Series in Chicago. Um, it felt like a no-brainer that he was going to come back when he did. And he did. So, I mean, everybody saw it coming. And now that he is back, I think that, you know, everybody's been running that promo that he did in AEW where he said, you know, main event, night one of a buy one, get four free extravaganza and, and posting all the fly clips and things he might have said about WWE in the past. But I think when he got back, he realized that the company that he was speaking on didn't even exist anymore. It's like a new company, new leadership. They moved in a completely different way. And he fit more comfortably in the WWE that exists now than it did in uh, 2014 when he left and that he did in AEW. So I think we're going to see some great things out of Punk. You know, yeah, I, I, I sure. say go, no. Go ahead, Cornell. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Can you got your braids? No, I'm saying suited and booted. Please go. Please go. <laughs> Yo, y'all are nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I was shocked. I was shocked because we heard so much about he is he gonna show up? Is he not gonna show up? And I was kind of under the impression that maybe he will, maybe he won't. But I'm gonna enjoy Survivor Series for what it was. And the card itself was fire. So had he not shown up, it still would have been one of my top pay-per-view premium live events of the year. When he did, the way that they did it, and I said it before, no one does post-credit scenes like WWE. Credits mm-hmm. came up. Picture is panning out. And, and even when I'm watching it, because I was watching it like on my iPad while um, with my family chilling, just catching the end. And I saw the pan out and I saw the credits. And I'm like, in, in the back of my head, why are they panning out? Why aren't they showing the wrestlers in the ring? But, I, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe Triple in them is trying something different. Then the music hit. Mm-hmm. Then the, the, I see the Titan Tron. And I said, oh, no. Nah. Like, literally, it was, oh, no. Nah. No way. This is a troll. <laughs> no way. I was reacting like like the French and the Japanese uh, announced team, but in English, saying the same thing. Right. We was all saying the <laughs> right. same thing. We spoke one language that night, and it was Punkanese. Yeah, we were speaking Punkanese <laughs> that night, you know. And yeah. I'm not really shocked that he came back, man. Like I know I know Cornell will feel this. To me, this was going to AEW was CM Punk's decision. Mm-hmm. That was like the decision, and he mm-hmm. went there. They didn't win as many championships as the Heat did. I don't think that the success is, I don't know if they're at that as analogous, but went there, put up some numbers, proved that the move was a, a good move initially for him. And then he went back home. He went back to, for him, where he really became a star. And that door was open. And, and in all the examples that we've given so far, I remember I grew up on Never Say Never Never Say Never in World Wrestling Federation. That's what I grew up on. So I never say never. And you could tell home home is is where your heart is and that's where CM Punk's heart really was. That's why it hurt even more when he was going through that conflict with them because you know the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. Hate is just the op the yang of love to to love's yin, right? So he was actually hurt at whatever everything that's going on. And now he has a second chance to <laughs> really finish his story also and finish it the way he wanted to finish it. So I'm going to catch you outside for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, this that's the beauty of wrestling, right? Like 
Cody said wrestling's a love story, and mm. everyone has a story that they have to finish. We saw it even with when Nakamura was telling his 2018 story. Mm. Everyone yeah. has a story, and you would want to be able to dictate it how you see fit. But they but we all the common ground is there's more story to be told. And that's what I think we're gonna see with Punk. I think a couple things, right? I think if CM Punk doesn't go to AEW and doesn't express the way to himself the way he did there, I feel like for me, it's not as impactful, right? Seeing him go to AEW for me was kind of seeing him be able to air out his grievances his way and be able to get all his stuff out his way. Um, so honestly, without AEW, I don't even think it's like as impact- impactful. I think him going through AEW, I think he kind of looked across the street and said, maybe I'm not as mad as I thought, right? Or maybe it's not as bad as I <laughs> thought, right? Remember, he showed up to Chicago at a Raw backstage, trying to, you know, was talking to everybody. He was on a flight with talent. He did a lot of different... So he's been trying to make it known. Like a couple people that's within the industry, within like the dirt sheets type of situation he's been making it known that you know he's been wanting to go and i think for him i think jeff hit right on the head right i think he was hurt throughout that whole process what happened with wwe because i you know i i can't speak for everybody but i know a lot of folks that i know and unfortunately you know i know a lot of people fortunately that they their dream destination is to be working for sanford right which is great which is totally fine do your thing and I think for him, he got to that mountaintop remember he won the title he did all these type of things and i think that he finally thought that he was the man but he never got the main event in his WrestleMania. So he still felt like the redheaded child, right? Or the, the left out one. So then when the whole the whole severance, I mean, the whole papers happened, Vince apologized. I, people probably saw that clip. Vince apologized to Stone Cold and Stone Cold's podcast. I've never, ever heard Vince Man say, I'm sorry. And I've been around that man. I've never heard him say, I'm sorry about anything, right? <laughs> but which, which is like, hey, that's how some people roll. But he apologized to him. And he also said he wants to get, to get back together with him in the future. So if you know Vince McMahon, you know Triple H. Like it was, it was, it was a match made in heaven. His AEW situation was that situation, but I'm thankful for everything that happened from the good and the bad because now I feel like we we're seeing somebody who's mature, right? A lot of people saw his promo was like, well, he he wasn't talking junk about AEW. Well, okay, so <laughs> if he's come out talking junk about AEW and he told me that he's changed, I know he's lying to me. But the fact that he did it and he kept it strictly about telling thank you to the fans for always cheering my name, thank you for the if I him to even say when I got back, say everybody was happy to see me. I hope that was you, but I, I I think ultimately right now I think where we're seeing a shift in wrestling where WWE used to be like oh he, let's do something different like you know everybody wanted to do something different WWE now you want to do the WWE thing like Chris Jericho just came out a couple of days ago I think it was yesterday it was like everybody could benefit six months working for Mystic Man right it's like oh okay so <laughs> and, and and now you got Triple H said, listen Jeff when I saw that pan out. I brought my hands together. I said, yeah. I got I got out the bed, got in front of the TV. I said, yeah. It's about that time. You and then know. that thing hit. You know the production That thing cues. hit. That thing hit, bro. I got, I, had a, I got a five-pound bag of gummy bears, my little white bag. I got it. I was running around the house like this. Oh, <laughs> that. And, and, and it was more so, I was so happy in that moment because I felt like a wrestling fan again. It's been so long since you can probably say you felt like a wrestling fan. You look on the internet, everybody's telling everything. Which is like, you know, no knock. Do y'all thizzle. But everybody's telling everything, so you don't really get that moment of being surprised because you know somebody's coming. A lot of people didn't know he was coming. I can't confirm or deny if I knew he was coming or not. But all I'm saying was that I was still excited. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think, I, I think his his story, the WrestleMania his story, to finish up the WWE side of stuff is going to be a lot more in- interesting than some people are kind of letting on to believe. This, you know, just wait. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with all the sentiments there. Like, especially the genuine surprise of it, and I think that was 
the best part for me because we'd heard reports and all this other stuff. And that's probably what I hate the most about being on social media is so many things get spoiled. We get so much information. Like when I was a kid and I was just watching on TV, mm-hmm. like let's go back to 2012 when, when, uh, when Brock Lesnar returned. I wasn't on message boards. I wasn't on forums. So I didn't know Brock was coming back. So when that music hit, he came out of F5 John Cena. That was a genuine moment for me because I didn't know. Now I feel like I know everything beforehand. And it's cool to be tapped in, but it's also like the whole point of it is like having genuine surprises. So that was Mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me there. And another point I really wanted to touch on was people complaining about the promo and the lack of shots at AEW. I completely agree with what you said, Cornell. Like for me, I think of it like, you leave one relationship with someone and you get with someone who's better. Why are you going to be talking shit about you, your ex who's, mm-hmm. who's lesser than the person you have now? Like right. that, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, you know, you, you could do your little subtle flexes. Like, like you, you, you flex on them by just living better, mm-hmm. by just doing better in your new situation than talking about your old situation. Because you clearly still care about your old situation 100%. if you're talking about your old situation. So I, all the complaints about that, like, while I get, you know, it's, it's entertaining to hear the petty shit and be, be all tapped. In. Like, it's just, at the end of the day, it's not necessary. Like, you really, you, you, you look better when you just do your thing and pay no attention to what's, what's behind you. So um, completely agree with that sentiment there. And I'm, I'm really excited, man. I, I know the report is that it's going to be Seth and the report is down the line. It's going to be Roman, but like, I'm looking forward to a promo battle against the Miz maybe one day. Yeah. I'm looking forward to him and KO. If him and Logan Paul ever do anything, if him and Brock run it back, him and Gunther, like there's so many fantasy matchups. And I just know that they would all be done better than dream matches that happen in other companies. So I'm I'm really excited. But about but but I, I will say though, I think Everything that he happened, I think all the matches he did in AEW was good for that stand of where he was at. But it also made you more hungry and more excited about what he can do over here because you know the work rate's different, the storytelling, the psychology of wrestling is different in WWE than it is in AEW. And all the guys you mentioned are guys that you can put me. I can go wrestle tomorrow against those guys, and they made me look like I'm five stars. You know what I'm saying? Because because all <laughs> those guys are freaking amazing at what they're doing. So man, I think I think Punk realize that you know he, he's in good hands like all states so he's he's good enough <laughs> yeah and 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 it's really good to like see it's always good enjoyable for me to see men capable of kind of taking accountability for where they might have been wrong in a situation and piecing things up i think that this our generation really my generation particularly like really glorifies negativity like people are fiending for for rat beefs and people get excited when you know, uh, NBA players subtweet one another, like stuff like that. But for me, it's it's always good to see people come together for, for a greater good. And I, I don't think there's any better place for Punk than where he is currently. So that's that's a really enjoyable part for me. Again, as a as a CM Punk mark who had to kind of let that part of myself go. And, and now it's back. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like his apology and that, and that sympathetic side kind of contradict all the naysayers, right? He's stubborn. He's stuck up. He's so hard to work with. He's still locker room cancer, all those kind of things. And the fact that he went in front of the world and said, yo, I'm home. I'm sorry. A team came out and said, man, you know, at the press conference, we're not the same people we were 10 years ago. You're the same person. You know, all those kind of things. I felt like that kind of made him feel like, you know what? They care about me. They're not mm-hmm. They're not holding nothing against me. I'm not going to hold nothing against them. I'm back home. I'm where I want to be. You know what? I messed up. And I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure that they, they had the real man talk. But that's the thing, too. Like, how many of these naysayers actually know him, right? Like, 
there's some people who do know him and have worked with him and can say like in their experiences he's been a dick but i never met the man like i'm showing up to be entertained like if he's you know my my loyalty to him and to whoever else goes as far as they can entertain me (laughs) you know what i mean if you could take it all the way here with entertainment you can get to roman or brett status if you like decent you know every once in a while but i'm not gonna sit here and say like oh he doesn't deserve to work again or he like you know he's a cancer to a locker room or whatever the case may be because i've never been in any of those locker rooms and at the end of the day the whole name of the game and i know i signed up for it is them playing with my emotions so wrestlers telling me that he's a cancer to the locker room and he does this and he does that and you can't trust him i don't know how much i can buy into that and let that run my life without seeing it for myself like and he's never did nothing but entertain me. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like, or done his best to entertain me. Like, he got a clean slate with me. But I mean, we're all sitting in the stands. We're fans, right? At the end of the day, we're, we are fans. It's like, it's like a people, a people at our jobs do whatever to make us feel whatever. And you tell whoever, they don't know what they, they don't really know the backstory to ins and out of it. They just know from what they told and that's just perception. Wrestling is subjective. That's how I feel. Right? Wrestling yeah. is subjective. It's all the way down from in ring, out of everything is subjective. So I feel like you know, every, and also everybody's interaction is different with everybody. Like, there were some people that said, man, Punk was like, Kofi, man, Punk was cool. I had no problem. Other people was different. But I think at the end of the day, my advice to anybody living life is like, man, whatever happened 10 years ago, think about the old days, man, they the old days. Let them be the old mm-hmm. days and go ahead and keep it pushing all the way to 24. Well, the reason y'all got those mentalities <laughs> is because you're grownups. And when you work in a professional <laughs> atmosphere, right. you understand that it's not show friends. It's show business. Yes, sir. Right? Like, the, like you're going to work when you, if you have, and, I, and I, I wish long, fruitful careers for anybody listening, right? If you have a, if you work long enough in a certain profession, any profession, you will see relationship dynamics. You're working mm-hmm. and collaborating with people that work in another company, that work in the same company as you, you may not share the same views, likes, dislikes, whatever, but you are there for business. You are there to complete a task and you are put together by the circumstance of you all having the same job. So of course there's going to be some type of conflicts that some people may rub you the wrong way. They may not be your cup of tea, but that shouldn't stop the business. Barring the extreme, which is why you have HR and all those systems in place to be able to raise right. actual concerns, not liking somebody is not a good enough reason to avoid making money. Just because you know you may not like someone, but they are the best person for the job, right? Yeah. Or, or, or on your task and whatever task you're completing, they you know they're great at their job. They might be a dick, but they are great at their job. So your your task as a professional is to see how you can collaborate with that person to do the best thing you can, whatever that thing is. And I think that's where, it, in wrestling, that has to be the mission statement. Because yeah. not only are you connecting with different types of personalities, y'all are putting hands on each other. You are, you are competing in a violent version of ballet. Mm-hmm. And you're, you, you have to trust each other with your lives, too. Mm-hmm. So th- that trust isn't going to be developed without some type of professional respect. 
Because if you don't, mm-hmm. especially in wrestling, if you don't professionally respect somebody, you should not be in the ring with them. Because one mm-hmm. false move, and that could be it for you. So bringing all those elements into play, especially in the wrestling world, you got to be a grown-up. You got to be able to work with people. And, you know, like Cornell said, mentioning Triple H's 10-year remark, if they was all getting back together and they're the same people, they're asking for it. They're asking for trouble mm-hmm. and for a repeat of what happened before. I do think it's a different company. I think it's un- it is under new management. There's way different philosophies. Low key, this current WWE is probably the future state that CM Punk envisioned. Mm-hmm. The third party licensing, the marketing mm-hmm. deals, the fact for wrestlers mm-hmm. to actually be their individual selves along with being a wrestler and being able to profit off of it, the in- mm-hmm. injection of different wrestling styles, and just being under one umbrella, right? I think it's just hilarious. It's hilarious it, it just watching how one company was built in his image and the other one was the antithesis, antithesis of that. And the company that people wouldn't associate with that version of punk is probably well better suited for him now than the one that was created because of who he was. Mm-hmm. Or because of who they thought he was. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Because when he showed up, there's no reason for him to not be like a, a a locker room leader or like somebody that they can they can get behind. Like if if you build something in somebody's image and then they show up, they're the guy, right? <laughs> like like that's it. It's no why are they why is he negotiating with people or trying to answer the people or people are trying to put put their foot down or feeling like they can challenge him. Mm. Like if he he should be the guy. You know what I mean? And you said something earlier, too, that I want to touch back on. You said not liking somebody is not a reason not to work with them. Yo, in wrestling, not only is that not a reason to not work with them, when the fans know, you have to work together. Because <laughs> yeah. that hook is right there already. The fans Seth already Riddle. think, yeah, the fans already know. They, they feel like you don't like each other. They want to believe that what's happening, there's some reality to it. You have to work together. If you let it get out that you don't like each other. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. And the fans got to see it and they're going to pay money for it. Exactly. I, 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 I definitely and, uh, agree with you. Becky Lynch too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many examples. <laughs> Seth and Riddle. Like, you got you to gotta be able to do it. You got to be able Hardy to do and it. Edge Matt the, Hardy. Yo, that was the one. <laughs> yeah, like, you hate each other? Okay. Let's, let's make some money for it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like, like you know, like we all have said, wrestling is like an athletic soap opera, bro. Well, they're all telling stories, and they're all driving emotion and driving our mental, our mental state to believe and try to wrap around. But why does someone so do this? We get on the line and we talk amongst our friends. We we say I think pieces about all the things that's happened within the stories and all that. We we fantasy book about what we want, and that's that's wrestling, right? All the other stuff, that's 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 in my opinion, that's y'all business in terms of like the wrestling side, the wrestlers. That's y'all business. Us as fans. That's I, I want. I want you to make me jump in front of my TV. I want you to make me go. Ah, oh, man, I, 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 I need him to lose. Real. That's all. That's all I want. That's all I care for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think this moment is just. It's like the culmination of so many great moments that we've gotten this year. Like I think just as a wrestling fan, and I, I think back to when I was a kid and seeing like Brock and Big Show break the ring on the superplex or. Uh, seeing mm-hmm. Batista and John Cena win their first world titles, like moments like that. But this year, I feel like might have been the year full of like the most 
big moments that they've ever had. You got Cody returning and winning the Royal Rumble, Sammy turning on the bloodline, Rhea winning the Royal Rumble, all on the same show. And then you get Sammy in Montreal. You get WrestleMania 39. You get Backlash Bad Bunny. Like, you can go on and on and on about the moments this year. I think this is undeniably. And and the numbers show it's the most successful year that they've ever had. Triple H tells us every press conference, <laughs> as he should. <laughs> like, as, as he should. Read them numbers, bro. Put them glasses on. Take that paper out. <laughs> read them numbers. A lot of um, commas. A lot of commas. A lot of commas. For y'all, like, what what are some some moments that you think back on and, like, what what are you most excited for going into next year? And is there anything you feel like the WWE can still improve upon? Uh, I, I'll go first this time. I, so one of the things I look back upon and I love the most was the bloodline, right? I thought that whole, like, this last chapter, I know Heyman said it was in third ending, whatever. This last chapter, they just told this year, um, walking into 2023 and all the way through like they did it was some of the best work I've ever seen in my life. Um, like you got, I, I, I literally saw people on Twitter that don't even watch wrestling. I was talking crap about people who watch wrestling. Fast forward to the bloodline. So they're like, yo, that stuff is crazy. It's like, exactly. And for me, like they really blended art and storytelling with wrestling so well. But a lot of the time they weren't even wrestling. They weren't even touching each other. They were just cutting promos and being able to show range of character and show emotion. And we saw the development of a Sami Zayn that we never even saw him go to new heights where, where he was a comedian, but then he was sympathetic. We saw Jay start to become main event Jay Uso, not I'm talking about outside the bubble, because the bubble was the best thing that ever happened to anybody, in my opinion. But you come outside the bubble and when you get in front of people, now you gotta tell stories to people in seats again and again and again on a weekly basis. And they knocked it out of the park. How many times you can we can look through each one of our Twitter and be like, man, every Friday, your this bloodline stuff is incredible. And it's like consistently. <laughs> and I, I feel like that was one of the best things that ever could happen this year, period. Um, aside from clearly like the signings of like Jade and, you know, Punk coming back and Orton coming back. Clearly, those are like layups, right? But I feel like the storytelling and the bloodline and being able to be there in San Antonio when Sammy hit Roman with that chair. And I was in a press conference room with Armand and we we're sitting there uh, and I'm looking on the TV. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I looked away. All I hear is, <sighs> I look at the monitor, Sammy done hit Roman with the chair, Roman on the rope. And all of a sudden, I can hear everything. And it's like, when was the last time you could be in a wrestling uh, stadium or building, but not out there with the fans, but you, you feel like you hear every single person screaming their head off. And it's like, WWE restored that feeling. They restored that power. Um, and second part of this, like, what are one things I feel like they can uh, develop, uh, be better on? I feel like we're getting there. They're telling more stories with more people. They're putting more personalities and more faces on the television screen. I think that one Raw episode two or three weeks ago had 26 different women. Like, that's unheard of. That is unheard of. Whether it's, a, whether it's one second to 20 minutes, you, you're putting more women out there. You're giving more opportunity to people to kind of showcase themselves. And I feel like, you know, now we're starting to see a lot more character development when it comes to the Street Profits now, right? Because now they're trying to figure out what to do with them, whether to turn them heel or not. But you see a different side of Montez and, and, and Doc, and y'all seeing Lassie kind of take a different approach too. So I feel like the fact that they're adding layers to these people and making us give a damn about them on a deeper level than just a surface one, it's what's needed. I feel like they, I'm begging them, please continue doing that. Hmm. I'm still thinking, Greg, you out, you out, roll. Yeah, for me, <laughs> I don't even know what they could do better. Like I'm, I'm firmly planted in the audience, just like enjoying everything because. 
as they take these new steps, I'm consistently like my mind is blown at how they're able to make this this whole thing just bigger and better. Because even like you talk about the Bloodline story, but you had the Ray and Dominic story. You mm-hmm. had the Judgment Day on Raw right there to come in when the Bloodline stuff start to slow down. You know, you never thought the Usos would break up, and then Jimmy and Jay, the way <laughs> the way that story is even playing out with, with Jay, when he was the right hand man, he was like cutthroat. He was rabid. He was down to do whatever. And then Jimmy in that same role is bringing bringing the comedy. Like, you know, Bianca um, being firmly planted in that Jane Cena role that I like to call it. Like, And even WrestleMania, I feel like they knew that too. Because when you watch John Cena's entrance and then Bianca's entrance the next night, it was like mirror images of each other. So like they they yeah. they're letting us know that they see a lot of value in her. And even even in terms of what they're doing to to create the stars, right? They're sending people out to these movie premieres, red carpets. Mm-hmm. Bianca and Tez again, they have a, a a show coming out on Hulu and they're letting people be who they are in so many different ways. So I think WWE, um, you know, when Vince said he's putting the entertainment in WWE, I don't think he knew really how to do it. And they're showing you right now that they know how to do it with all the partnerships and the marketing mm-hmm. and everything like that. And and I love it. And I think that, you know, Armand, you touched on it earlier, that, but this era of WWE is the best that, that we've ever seen, mm-hmm. ever. Like, you could talk to me about the 80s, cool. You could talk to me about the Attitude Era, cool. But, I mean, just from what they've been able to do and, and give you outside of the ring, blows it away but then when you talk about inside the ring just all the different stars like the the best tag teams are rocking right now the best singles like roman is on another level um the best celebrities are, like nobody performed like bad bunny in a ring nobody performed like a logan paul in the mm-hmm. ring or like the celebrities that would come in back in the day like everything is is just operating on a completely different levels what they could do better what i'd like to see them improve upon I don't know. I'm not the guy to give them any suggestions. They seem to be doing fine without <laughs> cracking open the suggestion box. Cosign, cosign everything Greg said. I've been a fan for a minute. This is this is the true reality era of WWE. They've combined elements of North American sports, reality TV, pop culture, entertainment, theater. Cinema, yep, big silver screen, golden screen, (laughs) large screen, any screen, phone screen, iPad screen. For every single digital medium, WWE has been at the forefront of this entertainment thing while still incorporating the core elements of what professional wrestling is. At this point, you can critique and say they can do things better or tweak these things, but in terms of the variety of mm-hmm. wrestling that they have, in terms of the ability and the potential to put on the type of classic man- uh, matches that core fans, hardcore fans would love, while still being able to appeal to the casual wrestling fan who wants to tune in and see a spectacle. I, I, thought, I felt that those two nights of WrestleMania was a perfect enca- encapsulation of what, what I'm saying. Because that night one, I put that night one up there with any WrestleMania 
of the last 10, 15 years. That night one yeah. alone. We saw so many yep. different mm-hmm. phenomenal matches and the culminations of storylines that had carried throughout the year. Like Rhea, Rhea and Charlotte didn't really heat up, heat up on current on their current history until a couple mm-hmm. of months away. And they put on yeah. One of the best women's matches I've ever seen. It's like that mm-hmm. live, it's that match, and it's Sasha Bailey in Brooklyn, which is still my gold standard. And those two matches for different well, reasons. That's because like, you in the highlight package. What's up? Be, be unbiased. Yeah, he biased. I said, that's because you in Real the highlight biased. package. Why, why, why Real am I biased? biased? You biased because the highlight package Becky exists. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying, all, all, all I'm saying is that me seeing it live, I'm talking about just live matches. I've seen a bunch, but just the oh, different feelings that, all right. You see, you see, you see, see? This is, this is, what did y'all just say? The rich get richer? This is what happens when the rich get richer. They, 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 they the poor, the, 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 the humble working class man like myself, just a common man, just a common man, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. So, but, but seriously though, like I've, every month, there's been a marquee moment every single month. All gas, no breaks. Every mm-hmm, single yeah. month, there's been a marquee moment. And I think on the business end, on the wrestling end, in ring, outside the ring, whatever you want to quantify it with, they've done their job. Mm-hmm. They've done their job. What I'd like to see going forward in 2024 is for them to establish the next long-term storyline. And I'd love mm-hmm. to see it with the women. Because mm-hmm. I think that would subvert a lot of expectations and the paradigm for what we think women's wrestling is, especially here in, in the States. I think if you tell, and, I, and damage control is, I feel like is the test run for that longer term storyline with a group or with a group of individuals, but I think they could do even more. And, in, and I love how they're interweaving a bunch of different storylines with Judgment Day, you know, Alpha Academy, incorporating NXT into it as well, going back and forth and, and seamless, seamless integration between all three brands. But I would like to see them start to plant the seeds for the next great saga. Because once, enjoy this bloodline era while you can, because all eras come to an end. We're going to mm-hmm. be talking five yeah. years from now, 10 years from now, like, yo, bloodline was really giving us billion dollar box office drama year after mm-hmm. year after year but what happens in the aftermath and i think they have the writers and the creative to do it so i would just like yep. to see them if possible multiple storylines that are longer term that can culminate two or three years from now at the next wrestlemania to where we say we didn't think they could do it again but they did it multiple times that to me yes. is what they could do going for and and i personally would love for them to collab with some overseas wrestling companies and start to build those type of partnerships, maybe working with NXT, because I think it's, especially in the Japan area, I think it's long, I think it's long overdue. And that would be something that for them would be unprecedented. At this point, I'm thinking yeah. I, I got my, I got my Nikon hat on. You know what I mean? I got my Nick hat, my Nikon hat on. I got, the Cornell wallet on one end, I got the SGG wallet on the other. I got the Armand, the Armand VIP pass tuck under my hood. So I, I got a lot. It's 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 a lot of wealth right now. I gotta I gotta breathe a little bit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? 
Bank account be on <laughs> tilt. So I try to think All like that right. to see where they could go on the next level. All that's right. where it Get is. this man. Get this man about it. Capper. Get this man about it. Head, huh? <laughs> and, and honestly, with everything you were saying, Jeff, like I we'd be foolish to think that it's not possible for them to do that. They've right. done so many things this year that we would have just never expected, whether it's bringing people back, whether it's match types, whether it's all these overseas PLEs. Like, well, why not at this point? Like, why not have a partnership with New Japan? Like, why not, like, integrate more with, with you know, TNA? And, like, it, there's – it seems like the sky is the limit for them, and it's it, – we're almost, we're almost spoiled as fans with – just what everything that they're doing there's a world where tna and them link up and do a champions league type situation like they have with european soccer there's a future world where it's like i mean they kind of operate almost as another another league with the way talent goes back and forth Mm -hmm. i'm just saying and this might actually be a partnership tna profits off of could benefit from man you I'm just saying this might be one me, that they actually you give, me, you give me a WWE and M and TNA, my bad. I know they changed the name back in a WWE and TNA style G1 for the women. Boy, boy, I I mean look, Mickey James showed up with the knockout. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she had the knockouts title with her, yeah, but she, she did. was not she did champion. at the rumble. Yeah, she, she did. did. And, and they even gave her the TNA, uh, the lower third and everything when she came out, the nameplate. Everything. Mm-hmm. Legit. Wait, was, did she, she have probably... Impact Graphics? Yeah. Did she have Impact? She did, right? Yeah. When That's she came crazy. out, she, she, she did not have the WWE like stuff, the name, the, 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 the usual bumper that they have. She had the TNA official joint. And it said, like, um, Impact Women's World Champ, all, all that stuff. You know, you know, Scott Demore was like, yo, we're going to send you the PNG right now. Just so let yeah. it, give us the email. We're sending you the PNG <laughs> but, right now. But, right? but you know what? Yeah. The, 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 one of the things is that WWE, you know, they're the bully, right? They don't want to work with nobody. They want to take from everybody. And, and in that regard, like, Nikki, um, Mickey came back and it was all love, right? And, like, we, we've seen also people come, you know, you said come to and from there. But we've seen when WWE does partnerships, it works well for everybody. Right, like they had, they also shouted out uh, Impact on social when when Mickey had pulled up to the Rumble. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like they they are not shy of showing love. But for them, I will say, yeah, if you are the big kid on the block and the business don't make sense for you, you're not gonna make business. But at that point in time, you know, Mickey had just had the release situation happen with the trash bag prior to that, and I'm pretty sure that they definitely wanted to make up for that whole situation, but also show Impact love, like, hey. We're down to work. Now, let's not forget, reports came out about they were open to working with New Japan but letting Daniel Bryan do the G1 before he had went to AEW. So, like, Nick Khan, Aids, and Vince, like, they they down to make money. If it makes sense, they they down for it. I want to so, ask y'all this, though. If AEW doesn't exist, do these changes that we've seen in WWE happen? I think so, immediately, because the bubble. Here's why. So back when I was out there in NXT, you started seeing the shift, right? Black and Gold was already making that shift to being like insanity, right? Keith Lee's run, right, pre-COVID, going into COVID was like insane, right? So you start to see the shift happening. You start to see a lot more the change, the the, the change in styles and that and the diversity up there on the main roster. I I think, but I do I think it would happen as quick. No. But I think it was coming, right? I definitely think it was coming, right? Because you, you, you're never going to work as hard unless you know you got two, two things occupying the same space, 
right? And if you're not here to do your own thing, you're going to take your time to get to the door. But you know, somebody's trying to beat you. Nah, nah, you ain't going to beat me. You're going to make sure. And I think AEW coming in was, was great. I think it was great for us as fans, right? Because folks now have what well, we had. Raw Monday, NXT on Tuesday, AEW on Wednesday, Impact on Thursday, SmackDown on Friday. Whoa, right? So I, I think I think in all, I think the AEW insertion definitely helped WWE. But I think WWE was getting here anyway. Why? Because Roman's bloodline stuff started and Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. When when AEW, you know, they were still figuring out, but Roman stuff was already. If you know Joe, one thing about Joe is that his stuff is suited and booted and, and, and locked up. Like they're not thinking about that stuff a week beforehand. Right. Mm-hmm. So him and Heyman definitely had that stuff already working. It was just a perfect time for him to come back for them to introduce it. So therefore, if, if, if Joe doesn't have the health situations that happened that set him back and that way he wasn't able to participate in certain things, we could have got a bloodline story prior, like way earlier. Well, it would have started it could have started way earlier. So but yes, to your point, I do think AEW being in being being in the picture definitely helps. Yeah, I think that helps. <laughs> and I think uh, my bigger what if is if Vince doesn't step down, what are the changes that we see? No, hold because... on now. To be fair, no, I'm just saying. I'm down, just saying. They, were, they was going. They was they were starting to really say, oh, oh, no, no, we are WWE. They were starting to go crazy because that's when the bloodline stuff really mm-hmm. started to like started to tilt. Remember, at the time, the biggest thing at the time was like Sammy had just started to be around them. But like Sammy said, what Vince was saying, he couldn't be next to Roman. But they had just started to be able to add a different layer and more seasoning on the chicken. Right. I, I do think there is a, a distinct difference in the week-to-week product yeah, with Triple H in, yeah. in the chair. I do. The major storylines were still going on, but I think those slight tweaks favor the modern fan more than the traditional mm-hmm. old-school WWE fan that was used to four pay-per-views a year. And we were pulling up for the four pay-per-views, and Raw was there was only one show. So you didn't really Uh-oh. care that if there was repeats and stuff like that because you were waiting all week. And then when they were going head to head with WCW, you had you had that competition that spurred them to be the most creative version of themselves. Because let's be honest, though that twenty year gap or whatever it was, where it was just WWE as the main as the main um, the main wrestling company in North America. Although Impact was there, they weren't making mm-hmm. a dent uh, uh, enough of an impact, pun intended. For WWE to shift what they did. So I think competition, I think the change in leadership also helped accelerate the change and present it in different ways. I think the the overseas deals and the marketing deals were going to happen regardless because Nick Khan was there. So I think the business side would have been what it was. But I do think we were on an accelerated timeline with change in leadership, the emergence of AEW, and then that 2021 year for AEW. When Punk returned, when, when they had Brian and Adam Cole popped up, and they had a strong showing in, in um, pay-per-view events. Like, this was, that was the pressure. That was the first sign where it's like, okay, you, you wobbled. You wobbled them. You, you might have put them on the mat. And everybody wakes up, right? Like, this is my, our, our, that was their um, Francis Nagano moment, right? The only difference is, you know, <laughs> Nagano won that fight. <laughs> you don't say the guy who won that fight and got screwed. Whereas WWE is clearly winning this this competition now, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But I, I feel I feel like the reason why we look at it more as a competition than than I think we should is because AEW themselves, right? Like when Tony Khan comes out and he's doing interviews and he's saying there's only one con in the wrestling industry and all this kind of stuff, like you are literally 
literally inviting negativity into your house and, to- and toxic into your house. And if you're operating on that kind of mindset, you're always worried about what's happening across the street. You'll never get anywhere. Mm. Never. If you're always worried about what the next person doing, you you you, you always a step behind. Because I can assure you yeah. that, it, like when I was you know out there, like they were not worried about that kind of stuff. They were just worried about hey, so what? Like how you know the stories that we're gonna be telling for the next three months is what? Okay, cool. Here here's what we gotta do. You know, so I just feel like that's also another thing too for AEW is like they came in and like you said, like when Punk, I know when. When Cole and Brian pulled up, I said, oh, okay. All right. Punk pulled up. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. But then one thing about karma, bro, she thicker than made the stallion, bro, and she crazy. So a lot of a lot of the time, and, 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 and here's why I say that, because when you put out so much negativity, it's it always comes back around. And I feel like they got hit with the the, the bug, right, where it was just like injury on top of injury for Adam Cole. Brian's situation happened. The punk drama happened. Other things happened with the Bucks and all that kind of stuff. They had to be away happened. So it's like nonstop, 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 nonstop. And I felt like with, to- with with TK, he didn't realize he was just in quicksand trying to dig himself out. Why are you doing digging himself a bigger hole? Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully that they sit back and understand that, like, as a fan, we want y'all in the same space. Just operate as a wrestling company instead of wrestling. It's a, he needs, Cody Khan needs to operate as a wrestling, like a company owner instead of a wrestling fan. You're not like you, 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 you are in, in charge of people's livelihood. Uh-huh. You are in charge of a lot of different things. Take care of home first, right? Take care of your house, clean it up. You know what I'm saying? Get, get some new shades of, you know what I'm saying? Get, get, get a new table over here. Like, you know, really spice up your crib. And then you go outside and look around and then you try to see what's up. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I want to transition into a conversation about blackness, blackness and, professional wrestling you know i think back to when i was younger watching like crime time like and being entertained by them or booker t or even our truth and you know like more recently we got bianca we got bobby lashley we got street profits we got all of these viable talents who are being shown in a more uh positive light and i think for me as a black wrestling fan you know it was it was i, I don't know if y'all had this experience but growing up you know like you and your friends you would talk about wrestling it was cool and then we all hit that certain age where it's like do, do I keep watching wrestling or do I go and like try to talk to girls and go outside and all that? And like, for me, I, I stuck with it. And yep. then it kind of became like, I can't really talk about this. Like people are going to think I'm corny. People are going to think I'm lame, blah, blah, blah. And so I always kept my fandom to myself. And then in like 2019, I found J5 on Twitter. I found meals on Twitter over the years. I connected with all of you and I felt more empowered to be like loud and proud about being a, a, a wrestling fan and especially a black wrestling fan because Again, you see Bobby Lashley as WWE champion. You see Big E beating Bobby Lashley for the title. You see Bianca Belair, Kofi Mania. Like, there's been so many moments that make me feel empowered, but also proud as a black wrestling fan. Everything's not perfect, of course. I'm not going to act like that. And and we see uh, other companies who are, you know, trying to do it too and maybe don't, you know, have the same equity or the same representation. And we, we end up having a lot of, like, negative conversations across companies or across content creators and all that stuff. So like for you all, again, have, having been watching wrestling longer than me, seeing, seeing the progression of it um, and seeing, you know, that there are still certain issues and certain unfortunate discourse that that happens. Like what, what's it feel like to be a, a black wrestling fan in 2023 for you all? I mean, it feels great. I bought the, I bought the name up before I'll bring it up again. Like Bianca is just her for her to be in the class that she's in where I think it's undeniable she's 
probably the biggest women's wrestler on the planet in terms of star power and and in-ring work and and all that other stuff like the intangibles and that's no knock on charlotte or or bailey or becky or anybody who came before her but just i mean bianca is just just a a little i'll give her just a couple of fraction of a point above above all of them and and above most of the men in wrestling right because when you look when she looks around who does she see in that rarefied air with her it's it's Cody, Roman, you know, maybe a, a returning CM Punk with fresh a breath of fresh air on and, and a new coat of paint on him, but it's not that many people up there with Bianca. And then to to look and know that it's not just Bianca, like you said, there there is Bobby Lashley, um, there is the Street Profits, and even on NXT, you know, you got Lash Legend. And, you know, they got, you got Mello. I, I can't even believe I took me so long to say Mello's name. Just like at all levels, <laughs> there's black talent operating at the highest level um, in WWE. And with a lot of these names, like they're emerging. And even Bianca, you know, there's no ceilings for her. It feels like she's at the top of the game. But I said this as it relates to Roman when the Bloodline story started heating up. And it applies to her too. It's like just when you think, she hit the highest level. She's letting you know there's more levels. <laughs> so this mm-hmm. it's just it's great. It's just a great feeling to be able to sit back and watch that. Yeah, I think this is the best era to be a black wrestling fan. Black wrestlers are all over the major companies, embedded in independence. It's no longer a shock to see black wrestlers pop up on your TV. It's expected. And that's the Mm -hmm. one thing I like about this era of WWE with black representation. It happens. It's organic. It's natural. They still make their moments, but it just feels like it's supposed to happen. It's normal. The same way we've been seeing white wrestlers compete for decades, right? Almost centuries that we've seen them compete for for this company. We, we expect it. It's normal. It's every day. I remember when Lashley lost the world title to Big E, I believe, right? Like that was the, mm-hmm. that was the lineage. Mm-hmm. And I remember yep. tweeting out that that was the first time in WWE history that a title, a world title changed from one black wrestler to another, or it might have been specifically a WWE title from one black wrestler to another. And they had started that streak from when Lashley won the belt off of Miz to Mm -hmm. Big E winning the title and continuing his streak, where it was literally a year that a black wrestler between two different wrestlers held the world title. You would have never saw that years ago. Nope. Ever, ever, ever saw that years ago because, let them tell it, there wasn't another person that was viable to have that. But I think... The Booker T's and the Ron Killings and the Ron Simmonses of the world, Coco Beware, Junkyard Dog, Bad News Brown, like these guys, Harlem Heat, these guys paved the way. Crime Time, they paved the way. They took all the lumps for these black for, um black wrestlers, jazz. You know, like you gotta you gotta really think about the people who've been putting in the work throughout the years so that these black wrestlers in these companies now can fly and soar, yep. right? Where, where I can 
calmly, effortlessly say Bianca Belair is top five pound for pound wrestler in the world. No qualifier. Yeah. I might even yeah. remove the, t- the pound for pound now because that's too much of a qualifier. Because she's taller than seventy five percent of these motherfuckers, <laughs> more athletic, better, um, stronger than re- stronger. Like the EST is not a gimmick, bro. It's not a this gimmick. Real. It's real life, real rap. Like she plays at a faster. She's playing Indiana Pacer pace in the ring, and people mm-hmm. want her to dumb it down, right? Like she she has that D one athlete mentality, and this is. This is where we're seeing the evolution of WWE. They're treating their farm system like it's NCAA. Mm-hmm. Along with still tapping into the indie, still tapping into pop culture and entertainment, all forms of entertainment. They are the epicenter of entertainment development mm-hmm. in the ring. And the yeah. ring is the stage, right? So when you have someone like Bianca Belair that was just lifting weights one day and Mark Henry saw him was like another pioneer Mark Henry saw her and was like, yo, I see something in you. Mm-hmm. And th- what, three years later, four years later, you went from... Not that much time. Like, th- what <laughs> ifs are huge? The what ifs are huge, bro. Like, what if Mark Henry never saw her? She'd probably be mm-hmm. something awesome still, but those mm-hmm. moments in time where people can recognize you for your talents mm-hmm. and give you an opportunity change the course of your life. We wouldn't be here if someone didn't do the same for us. Mm-hmm. And that happened for a black wrestler, and we see it. Her and Sasha, a main eventing, first two black women main event of WrestleMania. It was a moment, but it felt like that should have happened anyway because they're two of the best at the time. Mm-hmm. Anytime right. you see these yeah. wrestlers step up in the, in the ring, it, it just feels like it, it should happen. There, there should be no qualifiers. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost a, 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 a evolved way to look at how it should actually be when you work in companies. <laughs> Where you, it's based on merit and not how you look, right? Like, it, it, and who would have thought wrestling would be the place where right. fairness and equity would would take center stage based off of your merits law, and you get that opportunity like everyone else? I think right now I agree with uh, both of, both of what you guys said. It's like it is the best time to be a black wrestling fan, and that goes all the way down to even being a black wrestling like worker working within the industry. Right, everything like there's so many other opportunities that a lot of people don't even know about because people aren't on surfacely on the level. Like I seen Armand and the freaking uh, SummerSlam presser, right? Like that is dope. And you also you see other black people within the presser, or we see Greg being able to go out here and do stuff at the WrestleMania uh, Superstore and being on stage talking to people, interviewing people, or seeing Jeff do stuff talking to people, interviewing people. Like that is insane. Whereas you go back 20 years, it's like, man, I wish I could get opportunity to do those kind of things. And now your wishes yeah. are actually actions that you can actually act in on. And I think even going inside the ring, you look at right now, you got, I'm not even going to talk about the obvious people, right? We can talk about the Kalani's, right? We can talk about the OTMs, right? We can talk about a lot of this, the young, the young and hungry uh, talent down there in the NXT, but then the PC that the world only has a glimpse of what, of what they can do. And their and their legends and their heroes are the ones that we always champion on an everyday basis. Kalani talked about how much she loves um, Bianca Belair and how much she watches her match. Bianca Belair is also transcending this wrestling in general. Like we got Cardi B tweeting about wrestling. What? She was out. The, they, WWE sent Bianca to Rolling Loud to go see Make the Stallion. Like these are the kind of things within within she the wrestling. Performed? They had a match at Rolling Loud. Like Bro, I was talking earlier about how the, WWE is doing doing just. 
nonsense just to do it. Like it's the side they had a match at a music it's festival. The side missions but, right but, now. But, but, they but put that's a what ring I'm saying. Festival. Like what was that? Like but that but that's the thing too. WWE previously. You know, back in the day, a lot of stuff was stereotypical, right? Like the nation of domination. To me, it was a lot of like the Black Panther stuff. Like they wanted to be, you had to be a serious either you're you're super super I'm black I'm black I'm black or you're the you know the your crime time when they try to sometimes make it seem like your Malibu most wanted. Whereas in within the last five to ten years, WWE has made these people feel authentic to themselves, right? Now, regardless about what your digestion is of, of what their content is. It's it's how they feel. Bianca, everything Bianca has done is Bianca, right? Like I, I so I've known Bianca since her first ever match at, at the Mae Young Classic. From I met her there at, at Ricochet's house uh, for Apollo surprise party. Even Apollo, right? I met I met her there. From then, her and Karen Montez till from then till today are the same exact people, right? And and, and how how they portray themselves to the world is the same exact people. And I feel like for me, that's genuine and that's love. But because it's like you can see people actually being authentic. And when that happens, that's why a character can resonate more with you. Like people love Stone Cold back in the day. Why? Because he, he flipped off his balls, said F you, stunned his balls, beat up his balls. A lot of people at that time was like, man, I hate my balls too, man. I love stuff. Why? Because you can feel it and it seems more realistic, <laughs> right? It's relatable, right? And I think that's the thing for Bianca. Bianca yeah. right now is out telling people like, no, I, I'm the strong. And she's, she's owning what she is to people and she does not let nobody change her mind. That's a mindset that a lot of, not just women, men and men too, we all embody to have. They're like, no, I'm going to do Every year for January 1st, she tweets, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Yeah, you're embodying the mindset that you are the EST of whatever you want to do for yourself and your life. And that mm-hmm. kind of, that is a superhero that now we're pushing to children, which is like a real life superhero. So I'm telling you, man, I feel like WWE, you know, they get slack for a lot of stuff that they do within the black community. But then they also don't get the, the, I don't feel like they also don't get the praise, like the opportunity that Bianca Montez has a show come out of Hulu in February, by the way. Um, it's one of the things where it's like that, like the last reality show that we saw was like, what, Miz and Mrs.? Uh, the, the Total Bellas? Right? Total Divas? Right? Now we have an actual mm-hmm. black married couple that has a reality show that's going to show their family and their friends. It's like one of the things, too, where it's like, what? Right? It's like, what? Like, like we're really here? Right? And, so it's like, and- it's, it's, it's insanity. And I feel like sometimes the word culture gets thrown around or the word like, oh, man, culture is what? What is culture? Let me know. And when y'all, when y'all find out, let me know. I mean, and you want the Merriam-Webster? No, no, but that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't understand. Like, if you're a black wrestler and you're talking, you, you, you worry about being the culture, then you, you're going about it all wrong. Everybody is the culture. Everybody is paid the way for everybody. Like, Bianca, like, Sa- Sasha Banks paid the way for Bianca to do some things, right? Jazz paid the way for Sasha Banks. Like, there's so... Like we all we all are here because of somebody, clearly, right? But we all are definitely into this space until somebody else did it before us and somebody said, Now we need to keep doing some more of that. I'm telling you. Yeah. And you touched on something too that that I think is, you know, people don't even realize. Like when we were growing up, the gimmicks were like an idea of mm-hmm. what black is, right? It was like, you know, the crime time, the nation of domination, the the Ugandan giant. Uh, Kamala, you know, I don't even know what Coco Beware was supposed to be doing, but he was nice. I think he was Eddie Murphy, was like, bro. I think he was Eddie <laughs> Murphy in um, Beverly Hills Cop with a, with a with a with a, a parakeet with a parrot, with a, yeah. a, 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 a toucan Sam on his arm and what? 
but it was like people's idea of black ended up being the gimmick, you know, Harlem Heat. Mm-hmm. And now you just got like dope black people just being themselves, like Non-stop. Trick and Mellow. You know, mm-hmm. that goes back to what Jeff said too. Like, you know, Trick and Mellow is the indie guy and the farm system guy, and they put them together and they just got to be themselves. Like, Mellow's thing is just, I'm nice. Mm-hmm. And he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Straight like that. Trick's thing is like, I'm about it. Like, I'll do it. I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. with it. You want, you want to do it? Let's do it. That's Trick. And trick just being a wide it. receiver tracks so much. <laughs> like, Trick being, like, bro, every wide receiver. If you don't make it as a wide receiver in college, yo, go to WWE. Like, you already got the, the trash Everything. talk down. Like, you, all you got to do is learn yeah. how to wrestle and be athletic. Like, that should be, like, the pipeline. Every nice wide receiver who ain't trying to go to the NFL, yo, go to WWE, bro. You, you make Seriously. Like, Trick is everything. Like, the prototype for that. <laughs> but it's just dope to not have to, like, lean into the ideas. Like, like Cornell said, they just get to be authentic with it. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. see everybody just being themselves. I mean, look at, Whatever look that at, looks like. look at New Day. Look at New Day, right? Yeah. New Day, original gimmick was they're in the church. Everybody can, no, first, I'll take it back. Xavier comes out post match. He got his glasses on and a suit on. You're like, oh, they finna the nation of domination again. And with Xavier, you're like, oh, then they go to the church with their first being yeah, and they're singing gospel. And you're like, oh, okay. And then they and then they did not get over. I mean, they got over as heels, but then when they fully popped, was in they started being themselves and being funny as hell. And started being entertaining because yeah. those are three of the, the funny. And if y'all know them. They are three of the funniest people on the planet. But then take it a step further outside the ring. Xavier had up, up, down, down, which for me. It's a dream come true. That's like heaven sent. Mm-hmm. I've loved wrestling my whole life, like Armand said, but I never really talked about it until I got to WWE. But but, I, but the whole time when I was at EA and everything, I, saw, I was watching every single Up, Up, Down, Down episode. Why? Because I saw my favorite wrestlers playing video games. I said, hell yeah. And what WWE do with that? They put that under the official WWE umbrella and made it a legit, legitimate mm-hmm. brand. And Xavier's out here doing stuff with E3 and all these other companies. And I'm like, Again, that's a superhero type of situation. And I feel like, again, WWE has done a remarkable job. Um, and when I say WWE, I also mean like the talent has also done a remarkable job at being a superhero. Yeah. X is like uh, Triple H for video games on the WWE. <laughs> Triple H of can't, the gaming, yo. Can't, can't see me on the six, but I hear it. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, speaking of talent, I do want to give our, our listeners a chance to, to get to know you all individually as well. You all are doing incredible things. So I want to take it. Jeff, Jay, I want to start with you, man. You know, it's did these parlays be all over Twitter. <laughs> these parlays be all over. But but I know if every time I see you in, in a video talking about uh, like a, uh, a ticket someone should put in or a play someone should put in, like. You 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 be hitting like like your 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 plays are always good. Everybody else's plays they don't be hitting, but but yours do. But like, well, what's it feel like to combine your love for sports, your your ability to to speak incredibly well, and also make money like into one one career? Rich. Like that's, that's crazy. Rich man. I mean, them parlays need to hit a little bit harder. I tell you that much. First off, <laughs> first off. Oh, I, I, I tell folks sometimes they need to hit a little bit harder because. Man, straight bets, bro. Straight bets. Parlays treated like yeah. the lotto. Straight bets. That, that, that's my one tip for the day. And don't, don't bet nothing that you won't regret losing. Um, but, <laughs> bro, I am blessed to be able to live my dream. 
And this was a dream that I've had my whole life that was latent within myself, that was slowly being cultivated and brought to the forefront of who I was throughout my time, just living my life, working in different jobs and being able to have a life and hobbies outside of work. And it was it was fostered through escapism because I was working in fields where I could do it because I was proficient at it, but I didn't really like it like that. But this media thing was what I liked. I liked writing. I liked social media management that I developed on camera work, learning how to produce podcasts, every, everything at the forefront of development. I was there at the beginning and, and testing my skills and building it up. And it wasn't until I received great feedback and I saw results from my work and I just felt the most fulfilled I'd ever filled it, felt in my life by performing a task, right? Like, like doing something professionally. I, that was the most fulfilled I ever felt in my life. And I knew that it was time to make a change. So when I was able to, and fortunate to be able to, to get into BR and, and officially, officially professionally, like non-independent, start my career, like where I was getting paid regularly from this job and this wasn't a side hustle, that's when I knew. And through that cultivation of, of working in a newsroom and, and being able to work among some of the greatest creatives on the planet, I started to develop my passion even more, right? And, and all I can say really is that it, it is a blessing. It is a blessing to be able to do what I do, do what I love, and to discover new sides of me every day. And the passion that I have for what I do and learning all the different things from editing my own stuff, learning graphic design, audio editing, video editing. And it was out of love, a love and necessity because I didn't have the bread to pay everybody to do, do uh, create graphics and do all this stuff for me. So you had to learn on your own. And if you want to have a longevity in the, in these, in these fields, you need to know multiple skills because at some point things are going to contract, unfortunately, as economies are want to do. And the more skills you have, the better. And I learned all of them through a passion and a love for this field and just connecting with brothers like you and being able to talk more about my passions and what I love. It just reignites the fire every day. Every day I wake up and I'm, I'm able to tackle something. So I, I think I think it's a myth that you can't work in a field that you love. I think that it's a similar way the black wrestlers sacrifice for these future wrestlers. I think our parents, our grandparents sacrifice working and just working because my family needs to eat, regardless of how I feel about it. I'm going to do this job. I'm going to retire. I'm going to get this pension so that my kids can be better and do better than I did. It's incumbent on me to do better because the blood, the sweat, and the tears have already laid that road. So I got to travel it, move, watch those speed bumps, and find the right destination for me. Otherwise, right. I'm doing that, that, that work and that sacrifice a disservice. And now I get to be able to build on that and do what I love. Like, bro, there was a point where I was staring at Excel, staring into the abyss of Excel. Like, yo, is this, is this can't be life. Like, this can't be every day. Not for me. Feeling my, my, my skills wasting away. And when I got this opportunity, I said, I ain't going back. What we say about, about uh, Roddy? Roddy Strong, he ain't going back, right? Man, that, he ain't he, going back. I signed well, I got I ain't never going back to that trailer park. Like, that's how I feel about them previous fields. I ain't going back. I ain't going back. And I shouldn't have to because I know I'm good at it. I know I have a lot to give. And sky's the limit. So I just got to reach it. Facts. There we go. I love that. I love that. There's this quote that um, 
I heard a couple years ago. It's I am my ancestors' wildest dreams, and I think that captures everything that you just said. Like the the, yeah. the things that the people who came before us might have wanted to do, but felt like they had to do what they had to do. Now we're able to to live out those things that they might have been wanting to do too. So to definitely resonate with that. I'm definitely proud to see everything that you're doing, bro. Thank you. And um, it's very inspirational for me. So, so thank you. Thank you. Being who you are, man, for real. Thank you. SGG, man, attorney at law, (laughs) but also a, a, a wrestling podcaster. Did, did you ever see yourself being part of what, what I would deem like one of the most like entertaining one of the most like at the forefront wrestling podcast networks because it's cheap people. Then it's also like a bunch of other other shows on that network that, that I've listened to and I enjoy. Like, did you ever see this for yourself, knowing like you know them days that you spend in law school and just just b- being a big Bret Hart stand? Like, did did, did you see yourself <laughs> no. being here one day? No, not at all, not at all. Like, um, it's just it all happened by accident too. Like, I'm I'm really like luckiest man on this screen because even. Even me getting into law school, you know, I, w- I went to, I went to college and I was there and I was about to graduate, you know, and my advisor pulled me in and was like, okay, what's next? And I'm like, I don't know. I was a political science major. So he was just like, listen, most political science majors, they end up going to law school. Now, mind you, the only reason I ended up being a political science major was because my theory is politics, there's no wrong or right, right? If you BS enough and you know enough, you just got to be convincing, you know, throw enough Mm. facts at it. You're not going to be right because there's always another side to the argument. So no teacher is going to be able to tell me I'm wrong if I just load it up with enough facts. And political science is history. History is really just gossip, right? Anybody can say, (laughs) yo, this happened at that time to this place and this is what it did to the future. So all of it was just like, to me, that was the easiest thing I could do to get my four-year degree. Get a poli sci, load it up with some history, gossip through the history, BS through the politics. And I was about to graduate and he was like, well, you need a plan for the next step, which I didn't have. So he's like, all right, try your luck at law school. So that's how I ended up even in law school. And then I came out of law school. Um, one of my clients knows Rosenberg. And I, I listened to obviously Hot ninety seven, Wanet podcast, uh, all of that, and he had Cheap Heat, so I was listening to Cheap Heat as well, being a wrestling fan as well. So I just told my client, like, look, I have an idea for this role. Run it by Rosenberg, see what he thinks. Literally, it, and it just happened so fast right after that. I went, I met him. They invited me on the show. I did stats that day. They were like, "Yo, come back next week." And then I just kept showing up after that. I was like, <laughs> say less. I'll be there next Word. week. That's so, right. You know, it, it really just just luck. Like the doors open, you just got to be ready to walk through it and, and be confident in yourself that everything prepared you to 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 be ready for that moment. Otherwise, the opportunity wouldn't present itself. That's fire. Rex, That's what, what law do you practice? Uh, family law. So, like, you, none of you guys are ever gonna need me. I do divorces. Child support cases, <laughs> y'all are never gonna need me. Dog, I, I thought you was gonna say contract law because I feel like that's the fallback. Because you need a lawyer, you always gonna need a lawyer to read a contract. I'm, 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 I'm sure you would know, Joe. I, oh. <laughs> 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 All right, man. All right, yo, you know what? No, I take that. The more contracts, a lot of the shots. Better. 
<laughs> so big Drake money deals. Exactly. Take, big I receive money deals. See, I receive. See, unlike y'all that's trying to shield shield your wealth, I receive. I receive the manifestations upon me to, to get that. You know what I mean? But in three years, I, I'll be up to, to, to where I was in, in 10 years ago. You know what I mean? That, that, that's comfortable. Cornell, that's comfortable for me. Cornell, you did drop some names earlier, though. So make sure you pick those up when we wrap. You know, Bianca's down there. Um, who else is down there? Ricochet. Oh, word, 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 word. See, and, 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 and I was cool. I was cool with it. I let it, I let it all rock. But Cornell, Cornell don't know how to, how to quit. Uh, but yeah, I let it all rock. Man. I ain't even do nothing. I right, listen, listen, listen. No, no, no. I ain't even do nothing. Always just talking about one little, you know, one, one little, one little party. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't do me like that. No, don't do. You just drop like a couple names. Just make sure you get those. I don't know if you want to leave them there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's kind of ill, though, Greg. From from not knowing what your next step is post graduation, which is which is normal, which is normal. Right. That is so right. normal. Like. I went to grad school because I can't. When I was graduating, the economy was like, "No, sir, I don't know what you're gonna do, but I know you ain't doing nothing out here." So I said, "You know what? Let me, let me, let me hop back into this educational water and and wait it out." And I was yeah, let me, lucky. exactly. Let me go back to school yeah. and ride it out. And it's real. Like when the happens. economy is is nervous like that, you gotta have a backup plan. And sometimes that backup is um, more school. But you went from poli side not knowing. Uh, <laughs> Don't know what you're gonna do to family law. That's nuts yeah. to me. That's 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 that a is. crazy career. To fa- I'm sorry for family law and being on a prominent wrestling podcast with with, <laughs> a, with a dual New York radio host personality yeah. and DJ. Yep. Yeah. Like that is that dude, this is like Disney movie material. Like this is Netflix, Amazon, whatever streamer you got. Like this is like come up story. Yeah. This is like real come up stories that are more common than gotta- people think. I got to shout out the team, too, because Armand mentioned it. You know, we're on the ringer. Um, Shoemaker had a big hand in, in, in bringing me and P over to the ringer, too. Because, like, you know, when I joined Cheap Heat, it was the Grantland days. Mm-hmm. Um, Shoemaker and Rosenberg was there. I joined, and it was the three of us. And then when Grantland ended, Shoemaker dipped, right? So, like, ESPN held on to cheap heat they held on to all of that they let me and p ride out for a few years but shoemaker left um went to the ringer worked with bill simmons built it up um had his wrestling podcast going and then the first chance he got to to say like look we're gonna expand a little bit we're gonna bring in some more people to do some more wrestling podcasts make a network out of it he was like listen cheap heat needs to be it needs to be part of this um that's a blessing. So I got like that. That was big for him to like bring everything together and keep it now under one roof. That's dope, bro. And then That's they fire. sold to Spotify, and then SGG, the house. He was like, "Yo, babe, this house is too small. You know, what I mean? we got yeah. <laughs> we got that, we got that Swiss hard. money. You heard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we needed the studio. We needed the studio. <laughs> I'm glad you're being honest. No, I'm glad. Hey man, share the blessings, bro. That's <laughs> it. Share your blessings Absolutely. with the world. No, nah, that's that's an incredible story, though. It's like I love to hear, you know, people who get opportunities and and then they put their homies on, too, because it's very easy to kind of get something and just kind of run along. But like Rosenberg and everyone who looked out for you and obviously you you you're, you were very capable. So it's not like you were someone who they just had to, you know, like, yeah, I guess we could bring them on. It's like now, nah, like we need SGG in these positions. And, you know, you've taken it and soared with it. 
I enjoy every listen to Cheap Heat. I enjoy your insight in the Discord, that. the conversation Rags. that we have. So, like, you, you, you two are someone who I look up to, and I appreciate the friendship. Like, I remember when I went back to, like, old A-Show episodes, and I listened to the one that they did, coincidentally, on CM Punk in 2018, 2019. I was like, yo, I don't know who this stat guy Greg is, but, like, he seems dope. Like, I, I, I want to know this guy. So, That's fine. like, fast forward years later, like, like, the fact that we could be on texting basis and we can just talk wrestling and just connect as, as brothers, like, it, it, it means a lot to me. It really does. No, thank you, man. I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot to me too, man. Your friendship, all you guys' friendship, and just like, like you said, being in the Discord and just being able to like, just be real in the Discord about yeah. like what's going on, what we're seeing. Not even just as it relates to wrestling, but just like everything. Like, it's dope. Absolutely, Cornell, man. We're working at EA, <laughs> working for NXT, 2K, Florida, living, <sighs> the beautiful family, no state tax. Like, Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Like bro, to be to, to be a black man and have the opportunity to work with the WWE, but then also having like a very influential position in the video game industry. Yeah. Like I <laughs> like I don't, I don't even know what to ask you. Like, bro, just like <laughs> what, what, what what is life like? Like uh man, I'm blessed, man. I'm truthful. I am. I'm blessed, man. I wake up and I got beautiful faces in my household every day that motivate me to keep doing what I got to do. Uh, then I can, I can always hit up y'all. I can hit up, um, you know, a real core group of people that I rock with every single day. Um, and it keeps me going. Like, you know, my journey is wild, right? You know, when I started out, I want to hoop. Like, I want to hoop. My cousin, J.R. Smith, you know what I'm saying? He led the way for the fam. And then my oldest brother moved up there with him when he got drafted. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be next. Um, then I went to college and it ain't, it ain't pan out how I wanted to pan out. Um, then I, I actually worked in a, in a warehouse in a freezer. It was like negative five degrees. I told my quad the day I was supposed to go um, to this uh, tryout in Puerto Rico to go play pro. And at the time, Carlos Arroyo had just took over the team. So I was tight. Oh, wow. Um, so I got this big old quad thing going on. And then long story short, I get I get that taken care of, and then EA just randomly sent me an email like, "You want to come do a play test?" And you do a play test, you come there for hours and change, but you don't get paid. Like they just give you free games and all that stuff. So, bro, when I tell you, I checked every single date that they ever had on that play testing, because I wanted to be in that building because I wanted people to see my face. And if opportunity opened up, if, um, if opportunity presented itself, I want to be able to take it. Um, I was with it, and it got to the point where my the first game I ever helped them out with was like NBA Live sixteen. This is like way early. And man, you know, some people they write little reviews. Man, I wrote a goddamn, or I wrote, I wrote a novel. Like I, <laughs> I was open and honest about every little thing, and they appreciated so much. Why so I, I, they was like, you don't gotta come in no more. <laughs> here, do this at home. Here, 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 here's this laptop. Here's this console. We'll check, we'll check in with you every single month. And then when I was done with it, it was like three months. They sent me boxes of this like unreleased games that were coming out, and like um, games are already out for free, and I gave them out to my friends, my family, and then they ended up hiring me. And then how I get to WWE as well, because I always knew that I wanted to go to WWE. Like my grandma Rose got rest of soul. Um, I used to, when I was five years old, I used to be underneath her bed, drinking Mountain Dew when I shouldn't be drinking, watching old Monday Night Raw episodes. Undertaker came out and I was shook. And then I see Shawn Michaels be like, who is this guy? He's so cool. And it was over. And then my mom is, my mom is like, she's amazing, bro. Like my mom, um, she took me to wrestling shows all the time, right? And I remember the first time she took, 
Um, she knew how much I love wrestling, but my mom is such an amazing woman. Like she's had five kids. I'm the youngest of five. And uh, I remember she saved up so much stuff, didn't pay rent to get us tickets to go to Raw down in Orlando. It was like back when it was called the TD Ward House. Mm. And she only could afford the nosebleed. So we were literally the last row in the building. The pyro was shooting all crazy. I'm in mean, that thing like, oh, because I've never been there. And then the next time she's like, the next time they come, baby, don't worry. I'm going to make sure you go sit where you want to sit. So long story short, Ticketmaster used to be here. It's had like a booth here. And um, we lined up at like five o'clock in the morning, like all of us. She had all five of her kids sagging through the line. They gave us a ticket thing and they called my raffle ticket. So everybody that was behind me in that raffle got moved in front of the line. And she ain't paid rent again. To make sure I say I said ringside, I got to talk to Lynn Garcia, got to see Stone Cold and everybody. That just changed my life. So when I was at EA, I started bringing, you know, so I started funneling WWE talent through, giving a free game, hooking them up. And Tom Phillips and Tamario, you know, a lot, a lot of folks don't know Tamario, but Tamario make a lot of things work at WWE. <laughs> Just know that Tamario makes a lot of things work. Um, but Tom Phillips and Tamario basically hit me up and they came through and they started recruiting me immediately. And I was like, man, y'all don't, I'm like, WWE don't want me, right? Because this is back when, you know, it wasn't as much black faces in WWE like there is now. I was like, yeah, y'all don't want me, bro. I'm very opinionated. Like, I, I, I like wrestling too much. And then, I mean, I went through there, man, and I, I got in. And I was making great money at EA, uh, and I took a very, 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 very significant pay cut to go to WWE, but I didn't give a damn. I was so happy to live out my dream. And I remember when I when I signed the offer from WWE, I called my mom immediately, like, uh, and I told her, like, hey, I did it. Like, I'm here. Like, and I don't give a damn if I'm here for a good time or a long time. Like, I'm here. <laughs> like, I did it. Um, and it was something like, even to this day, she's so proud of. And then being a WWE, that was life changing, bro. Like my first day on the job, bro, I tweeted about this. Shawn Michaels comes into, um, where I was working at, my, where my office, everything was. He's like, Hey, you know how to work the TV? And I'm, I'm like, yo, that's Sean. I know he's not talking to me. Don't even look, don't bother him. He's like, Hey, tapped you on the shoulder. I was like, yes, sir. You know how to work the TV? He didn't know how to switch it from HDMI 1 to HDMI 3. I did that. And from then on, Shawn Michaels, like, he he thought I was, like, the IT guy. And that, from then on, bro, that was the high. That's the highlight. Besides my kids, that is the highlight of my soul. And, like, from then on, it was amazing. And, like, me dipping out of WWE happened because, like, the passing of my child, right? Like, you know, losing a child and all that, it's not easy, right? And my wife and my kids needed needed their dad to be on. But WWE was amazing to me throughout the, all that time. Um, and I think also was that the, I think I was ready to go. Like I, I told Josiah all the time, man, we're going to do about, I'm going to do about four or five WrestleManias and I'm good. And I'm going to get up out of here. And I did my four to five WrestleManias and I got up out of there. And then with 2K, the day I put out the tweet, though, I was, you know, I was dipping out or whatever. Um, 2K called me that night. It was like, Hey, and I was like, yeah, just, just give me a little bit. I need to go ahead and take care of my family. But, uh, give me about two to three months and I'm ready. And, um, that's like going to 2K has also been like, Man, that's also been a dream come true. Because as y'all, y'all know, I'm a try hard in these wrestling games. I've been that way since I was a little kid. In your house, Super Nintendo, No Mercy, <laughs> you know, WrestleMania 2000. And I've been that way. Um, and it's been a blessing because 2K lets me be me, man. They let me do my thing. Like, I'm in front of a camera. That's stuff I've been dreaming about doing since I was, like, forever ago. Um, I'm out here working with my friends who are still my friends and are all really my family. Um, so it's been amazing. And, like, I don't know, man. It's like life is crazy. I would just want to say people this, man. Listen, I remember I did a podcast with the A Show with J5 and back when I was working on NBA Live years ago. And I told them, like, man, three months ago, man, I had my car repossessed. Like I was going through a bad. And it was it was facts. It was facts. Like 
I was really going through some stuff trying to figure it out. And I was earning my way onto a contract before I was able to get put on and start making decent money for myself. Life was hard, but I promise y'all, man, keep on chucking. Like, keep on chucking. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to stick because there's a lot of times when I said, man, fuck it. Man, let, me, let, me, let me go to McDonald's or Walmart. And I'm just going to just mail it in. I need to figure it out. I, I, I can't do that. I, it's not going to work out for me. Um, and it did. And, you know, I keep that same mindset. Like, I, I, I am one hungry, savage uh, uh, person. Uh, and I, 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 I keep that mindset, bro, because I, it, this is sad, but I, I'm, never, I'm never satisfied with nothing. I want it all. And then once I get it all, I want to make sure my family, everybody, my friends who's with me, they get the same thing. So until I can just conquer the world and own everything, I guess I'm going to keep on being the same way. <laughs> feel that man and it's it's great to see you in in your element like when we, we, we were in detroit the the 2k boots and seeing you interact with the kids and all the families coming over and seeing you still able to work directly with wwe despite the fact you're a two it's just like it's it's crazy how life works but i think you know and i'm glad that we we're able to kind of get into these personal anecdotes about all of us because i think while the wrestling talk is great too like just seeing four black men who are all doing different things but we're all still connected in some way and hearing stories of passion, hearing stories of tenacity, hearing stories of when, when you show yourself worthy for opportunities, people will continue to lift you up. Like it's just things that resonate with me personally, things I try to reinforce as I continue to progress in my life. And also messages that I, I want to put out. Like, you know, I, I feel like I'm still getting the ball rolling. I'm only 28, but it's, it's crazy. Like I've got people reaching out to me a couple years younger, like, yo, like, How'd you get here? How'd you do this? Stuff like that. So it's like I'm 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 still getting the game from y'all, and I'm able to pass it on. And nah, man, this chill. Just, Listen, don't uh uh-uh, uh this chill. Now you bigging us up, but we 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 not we not yeah. gonna sit up here and act like you ain't been doing your thing, man. For real, for real. Can we talk about how you literally, literally, like you talk about a glow up or a blow up or whatever? Like you are doing everything and more. And I I can probably speak for all of us. We are beyond proud of you. So I think you Absolutely. need to understand that too. Like the things that you do on a daily basis, and like you doing interviews with WWE talent, hip hop, or hip hop artists with ease like, too. With bro, ease, with no, ease. no hard work. It's easy work. It's you. It's 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 it's, it's left hand to the right hand, right? And I think you also need to understand, man. No, regardless of how old you are, bro, you are doing some of the most amazing things, and you are doing lifelong dreams for other people. So please. Man, I do have to give everybody their flaws. Keep one for yourself, for real, for real. Because man, Absolutely. you are you are doing it. I promise you. I appreciate that, man. I pre- it's 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 great. It's it's crazy. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I think the, the the interviewing wrestlers thing is the craziest part too. Because like I I just never could have pictured it for myself. Like ever. Like God did. Like, I'm a- right there. There we go. <laughs> there we go. But I was I was okay just being a fan. Like literally just paying to go to shows. Like just being a fan, talking about it with the bros. And now it's. Yeah, life has just gone the direction it has, and I'm, I'm I'm very blessed for it, and I'm glad that you know wrestling has brought all of us together, um, and we can all thrive within our respective fields, and still also just kick back and and enjoy, enjoy it, and enjoy you know the splendors of our hard work. So, yeah, Thanks. man, me really glad I got to bring all 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 of y'all together. I uh, love the conversation. There's a lot of gems, listeners. If, if you're tapping in, like. Even if the WWE talk ain't for you, I promise the the, the career talks, the journeys, like you will get something out of this episode. Um, we're we're going to have all their social media available for y'all. Follow these gentlemen. They're entertaining. They're insightful. 
there's the, the I promise you, you're going to get something out of following these guys. And um, yeah, like I said, you know, I, I didn't think there was any better way to end 2023 for stay busy. I promise y'all we are going to be back soon. The, the, they'll all be back soon too. I feel like the, the thing uh, they got like a lot more to say. <laughs> so I'm going uh, to try to give each one of them their own individual episode too. But I think just, um, I really enjoy bringing y'all together, man. And uh, I, I thank y'all for coming through. For I real. mean, uh, I, 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 I like the Black Wrestling Avengers. I think we should do this more often, if you ask me. I, 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 I like it as like a four, but you know that's just my own personal opinion. You know Go on, hey man, hey, it's probably hey, Jeff. You I know, he, say that I, Jeff got a butler, so you got probably got to make sure he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, I receive you. it all. I, y'all think I'm front, and I receive it all. Let me tell you, a couple of years from now, when y'all see. Yeah, I'm like, like, hold on, hold on. You see the tray come into the to the to the to the screen? And be like, yo, what's going on over here? I'm like, yo, Cornell did it. Blame Cornell. He spoke it up for me. But always, always. More than anything, I love this platform to be able to pour into each other and to have friend conversation, like conversation among brothers and be able to share. Because these are some of the best conversations you have when you talk with people that you know and you respect and you got love for. You get some of the best gems you can get. And I appreciate you providing this platform, Armand, and everybody who, who... who, who contributed you know what i mean like this is this is the dream this is part of the dream you gotta keep kind of keep treating because you know wrestling has more than one black personality bro so Ooh, we, we, gotta, go. we gotta we gotta be a <laughs> part of go. that you know <laughs> and I, I appreciate you closing out the year with us too man like i like to say if you're gonna have me as a guest i can i can be first i can set it off i can set the tone or i could be last i could be the main event i could close it out <laughs> i appreciate you closing it out with us and not having us somewhere in, in August somewhere, you know, May, June, July. Finish strong. Yeah, finish strong with the bros, man. Absolutely. I mean, hey, yeah, man. the tribe with you, you, you were labeled me as a tribal chief, so I guess I came in the right attire. So, I mean, yes, I'm glad. I'm glad that you let that you let, you know, us go last to close out the year. But also, just know, like you said, 24, you coming back bigger and better. So, we all can't wait. Absolutely. But please know, y'all gonna see these faces again. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mark saw your shirt. He about to cut the feed. <laughs> hey, 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 cut that? Yeah. <laughs> call it what hey, you want. Hey, cut call that? it what cut you want. Right call it what you want. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> oh, my God. L- love y'all, man. For real. Always. So, And listeners, yeah, I-, I love y'all, too. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Most importantly, beyond whatever you do, happy new year for y'all. It's a little early, actually. It's not even Christmas yet, but Maybe whenever y'all check this out. 2024, I hope it's prosperous for y'all. And in 2024, I want y'all to stay safe, stay humble, and of course, stay busy.